0: Is a colossal creation of the imagination of simple folk. The tale itself is a purely popular legend. And I tell it without change, in all its simplicity, exactly as I heard it told to me. Google.
1: Well, that was the opening music to V, released in 1967 and it's a russian film uh, well soviet union at the time and it was directed by and apologies all the way up front here with all the names that we're going to get wrong uh konstantin urshav and Lee kropachyov <laughs> wow I'm, i just feel terrible i I don't even know if we should try to pronounce these names.
2: Maybe we should just say by two directors.
1: (laughs) I know. Well, we'll do our best. Um,
2: I I imagine those two directors were probably, as we say, party members.
1: Well, yeah, I I would think so. Um, It's the... I mean, it was produced under the communist rule at the time, for sure. Uh, And it stars... Leonid Kurovlyov uh, and Natalie Varley are the two main characters. And then there's a bunch of supporting characters that are pretty funny. Um, I kept thinking of this would be like a great Japanese anime movie. It it had some really over-the-top acting and scenes that would fit right in with that style.
2: It also uh, would fit the style of some of the Swedish films from the past
1: in black and white. Yeah, and I thought like Terry Gilliam... Uh, reminded A few scenes reminded me of, of some of his films, oh, yeah. <laughs> like Brazil. Yeah. and That's true. <laughs> Gosh. Adventures of Baron Munchausen kind of reminded me a little bit of that. Well, anyway, the reason that we're reviewing this movie is that we're doing a series of films that are less known, kind of more obscure films from different countries where we hadn't really thought of the fact that there would be a film industry um, this week it's the Soviet Union, next week it's um, Eastern Germany, and and then after that I think it's, uh, we have a couple more from,
2: one from the United Kingdom and then one from Mexico.
1: Yeah, so the UK obviously they have a huge film industry, but uh, Mexico, I don't think we've watched any films that were produced in Mexico up to this point.
2: Uh, I don't think so
1: and the and they all have sort of supernatural or horror elements to them leading us up to October 31st here in the United States where uh we celebrate Halloween so that'll be fun
2: and when we selected these we didn't realize that we'd have to have such difficulty with the langu- with the language of each of the films and the pronunciation of all the names so we apologize in advance for any slip-ups that we may be doing down the road yeah should we do our introductions
1: yeah and you're listening to classic movie reviews and you can find us on the internet at classicmoviereviews.net and on patreon just go to patreon.com Reviews, and i'm matt johnson coming to you from foggy north bend it's a uh, very fall like weather here
2: and uh this is bob johnson in los angeles welcoming everyone back to classic movie reviews and our review of the is it V or Vi?
1: I'm pretty sure it's V.
2: V, or the other uh, tra- the other title for it is Spirit of Evil. Yeah. Or maybe that's the translation of it. I I don't know that. From 1967, and it was uh, the first uh, Soviet-era horror film to be officially released by the USSR, and was distributed by MozFilm. and Mosfilm is still in existence today. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, public company and listed it may even be listed on the New York Stock Exchange I'm not sure of that but they're making a lot of films today in Russia in the Federation
1: yeah and it was uh, originally based off of a Ukrainian folktale and written up in uh, a book oh it was okay so looking on Wikipedia it's a it's a horror novella by Russian writer Nikolai Gogol And it's, I think it's his most famous or one of his most famous uh, short stories or novellas. And uh, it's been remade in uh, several times. So this was, I think, the first like full length feature film based off of that novella. And then there was a uh, one from the 90s made in Ukraine, 1990, I think it was. And I found that on YouTube. And I'll, put a link in the show notes for that and then it was remade again sort of or elements of this showed up in a a movie called Forbidden Empire in 2014 also made in Russia and that one looks like a really special effects heavy like modern retelling of this story.
2: It's quite a it has quite a background it it wasn't easy for the for the producers and and uh, the production group to get agreement or uh, approval to release the film they had to finally you know convince the the committee that reviewed all films before release in the Soviet Union that this was a folk tale and they had to do that to uh, avoid restrictions that were in place and and I read that and then I think well <clears throat> the film is very strong in terms of its uh, depiction of church church life church leadership church students and it the message comes through to me strong and clear <laughs> it's it's not a uh, it's not a positive endorsement of religious practices in that in that past time before the Russian Communist revolution
1: yeah I found a quote from a person named David Ian McKendry uh, on an article about this film and it and he says V is a brilliant example of post Stalinist filmmaking that celebrates the Communist Party by Degrading pre-revolution ideas or ideals. Film is a reflection of society. V makes no apology when portraying the Soviet view of religion. Taking place decades before the revolution, V follows a young priest named Koma. Koma is one of many seminary students who receive a weekend pass from their elders then instantly turn into depraved rapists and thieves. <laughs> it's true.
2: I know. They, ra- they wreak havoc on that uh, marketplace right outside the church.
1: And it's not the first time that this has happened. I mean the the guy the the head monk at the beginning goes through several examples of things that had happened in previous like vacations that they've had.
3: Well, now, I expect you're glad to be going home. Just see if you can stay out of mischief. You know what happened last vacation? Two seminarians, disguised as devils, were caught stealing chickens. Brother <laughs> Zuzelia and Lamach. Yes, I mean you. Or the other three, who got the deacon of Khorosk drunk and then goaded him into singing bawdy indecent songs. Shame. <laughs> And now let us pray together. Lord, we pray thee, let the light of thy wisdom shine down upon us. Lord, we pray thee, let the light of thy wisdom shine down upon us. And bestow on our hearts thy tender mercy. And bestow on our hearts thy tender mercy. Reserve us from all evil. Us from evil. And heaven and earth will resound with glorious songs of praise. And heaven and earth will resound with glorious songs of praise. Amen. You may go. Amen. But be sure you all return in time for the feast of the Immaculate Conception.
1: He's like, please don't do that again. And then immediately they just go out and start pillaging and, and like raping. And it's like, these are the seminary students?
2: What I day? know. Well, let's see if we can... I, I highlighted some of the things that the message is heavy-handed in presenting. Uh, the church is corrupt. The leaders are self, selfish. The students are out of control. Totally aw- awful behavior. One student... One one student deserves what he gets directed to go to that farm. And uh, it it's just, <laughs> if you put aside all that, it's quite a tale. It's almost like a Grimm's fairy tale.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a good comparison. Well, and Coma is the seminary student that we follow through the film, and he and two of his buddies sort of get separated from the rest of the group, and it's real dark and late at night, and... They come across this farmhouse, and there's this woman who was played by a man. I found out. <laughs> I looked that up. I saw that, too. Yes.
2: <laughs> very, very uh, old and decrepit.
1: Yeah, and, and kind of intense, too. Like oh, my, yes. Getting up in his face, and just and she directs them that they all have to sleep in separate areas of the farm.
3: It's our last chance, brothers, don't waste it. We have to get in if we want a place to stay. Right. Open up! God, let us in. Who is it? We're poor seminarians. Kaliava, the theologian. Koma, the philosopher. Gorovets, the orator. I can't let you in. The house is full of people. Where would I put you?
2: Have mercy on us, my good woman.
3: It's unforgivable to let Christian souls perish in the night for want of shelter. Yes. We don't need much room. No, just somewhere to sleep in the stable or the barn, and God will reward you for your trouble, I swear. All right, all right. I'll take you in. But each of you must sleep in a separate place. Oh,
2: whatever you wish, we're not princes.
1: <laughs> Listen, good woman, we haven't had a crust all day. We're ready to drop with hunger. Our bellies are tied in nuts. Yeah. It's been so long since
3: we've eaten, we've forgotten how. There's nothing in the house to eat. I haven't hit the stove all day because there's nothing to cook on it. Uh, now make an effort just this once, and tomorrow we'll see that you're rewarded handsomely.
0: You couldn't get a crumb out of the old skinflint. I say to hell with her. Yes.
3: <laughs> I want them to go here. Who, me? You mean me? Mm -hmm. You can sleep in the house. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) And you with the boot up there, in the loft.
1: Well, where do I stay? Come with me. And Coma is sleeping with the pigs and the farm animals. And then she comes in and wants to get busy with him. <laughs> and get, he's... Get, <laughs> yes. And he's disgusted by that because she's this old woman. and And I think that's another message in the movie. It's kind of payback on this guy for his treatment of this woman, right? He's... He's just so, uh, it's, it's just like the looks and, and how she looks and is so important to him.
2: Well, in a few scenes after they've flown around with her on his back on a broom, he beats her unmercifully.
1: Yeah, and, and to the point where she she dies. And yeah, that whole scene where she's, she's like, she she jumps onto his shoulders and then somehow magically he starts running full speed with with her on his back and then he takes off and is flying through the air and then at some point realizes that he's bewitched and that this is a witch that is riding his back
0: (laughs) good lord
3: she's a witch shameless witch put me down let me be I beg of you in the name of god in the name of Christ, put me down. Let me be. So that's it. If I'm not making you fly, it must be Christ. Christ and his Apostle Thomas.
1: I can't remember
2: if he was on a broom or, or not. I, I don't remember. They're not important to Well, the she plot. had
1: a broom. I don't know if they were riding the broom, but she definitely had a broom. And those those effects, though, when they were flying were, were so good. I, I really they liked were good. that. Yeah,
2: uh, we we mustn't uh, fail to mention that Coma's last name fits his character. It's Brutus.
1: Oh, yeah, it's Brutus, kind of like from uh, Rome, the Roman Empire. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, uh, he he beats her until she dies, and then she returns to her beautiful younger self, and then he. He manages to get back to the church, or he's—no, I'm not sure if he's rescued by the.
1: No, I think he just runs away and leaves he her out in the, the out in it, the field. Yeah. yeah, and and the next thing we see is he's back at the seminary, and we don't know what happened to her up at this point. As far as we know, she's just laying out in the field.
2: And then he comes to find out that he's going to be directed by the head of the church to go back uh, to this farm and uh, do prayers for the young woman that died because uh, before she died she said that Coma Brutus must come and p- oh. t- t- say prayers over ah. me
3: Dominus The daughter of one of our richest landowners is dying the one who owns the estate just 50 versts outside of Kiev Yesterday the girl returned home pale with death They did what they could to no avail But she expressed a wish that in her final agony, the last prayers for her salvation be said by you, Coma Brutus. But father, why me? I had nothing to do Don't argue with me. You will leave immediately for the country. Go prepare your things. The poor girl's father was good enough to send his men here with a wagon to fetch you. You'll have to get somebody else to go, father, because I am not leaving. The devil take you and your wretched tongue. No one asked you if you wanted to go or not. I said you're going and that's that thank your good master for his gift of the honey and the eggs. And tell him I shall be delighted to send him the books he requested just as soon as they are ready. And as for you, you little scoundrel, I suggest you learn to control that impertinent tongue of yours and start behaving yourself. Otherwise, I shall have you stripped to the skin and burst before the whole school. A sound flashing should make an impression on you, and especially when you find you won't be able to sit down for a week. The Lord be with you, and with your good master. You have to see that our friends have some vodka before they leave. Well, don't just stand there, be off with you! And if you know what's good for you, you'll mend your ways!
2: Then, lo and behold, these four, three or four five men show up in this wagon <clears throat> to take him back, and and of course, the church goes along with it because they're going to get lots of money, yeah, in return for taking this guy away, and then all of these guys are in this wagon and they they off they go down the road, I guess you could call it a road. It was more of a path, and and the scenes of that group together was, I, I'm I was trying to figure out why why all this time with these people, and then I got I got to wondering. A question for you from my analytical research. Do you think all those old men were previous victims of the same wit? Oh. Because they had white hair, like Coma Brutus' hair has turned into white, and they were all sort of wondering how it was going to go, and they seemed to kind of have inside knowledge of how this thing worked.
1: Yeah, that's right. Interesting. Gosh, you're going to make me want to watch it again. I've already watched it twice. <laughs> um,
2: well, it's not a long film, so...
1: I, I I mean, I think that's definitely possible. For me, the way that I read that, because we do spend a ton of time with them and then just kind yeah. of in the, in the village. and.
2: They keep him from escaping both from the wagon and from the
1: farm. To me, I think it was more of a, a way to kind of show what life was like back then and how... Like, if you take this from the Soviet perspective and filter it through that, maybe it kind of just shows how um, mean the life was and how hard it was and uh, how unsatisfying it was. Because a lot of times they're just laying around like napping. (laughs) You notice that?
2: Yes. And they, they
1: just don't seem like they're that busy or they have that much to do. And I kind of just felt like it was more of a social commentary than... Than anything,
2: so they return to this farm, and uh, uh, Coma Brutus finds out that he's got to spend three nights in this church on the farm, or at the edge of the farm, or at the edge of the village. And if he survives those three nights, then he will get a large pot of money, like many pieces of gold. I think a thousand pieces of gold.
1: Well, at first, it's at first, it's just going to be. his pockets are going to be filled with gold, and then by the third night, it's a thousand pieces of gold.
2: <laughs> well, the father of the of the girl that died, also, it, it, I think it's a commentary about how back before the communist revolution, there were very uh, powerful figures in each community, and this guy is one of them, because we he's got all this money and wealth, and uh, we have to assume he got it through devious means i think that's a part of what's being portrayed
1: well and i think also like they don't show it necessarily but i think there's an implied backstory with him of violence and and how he's probably killed a lot of people and and i think there there is it it is a little bit more noticeable when uh coma comes in after the second night and is saying i I, i'm not going to go back in there your your daughter is possessed by the devil you know, that she's... she's... she's evil, and he says... Is it all going well? Were you able to stay awake?
0: I was able to stay awake, believe me, I was. I tell you, the devil lives in this house. That's why I'm going to get myself out of here while I'm in one piece. What's that? Your beloved daughter may have noble blood in her veins she also may come from a good family there's no doubt about all that however your beloved daughter may god have mercy on her my soul. daughter what about her
3: she's been bewitched by satan she's in league with the devil she won't let me read the scriptures in front nonsense. of her.
0: nonsense you will read since she summoned you to pray for her she did not wish to bear a spiritual burden to the grave with her the one way to assure her salvation was to have the prayers said Release me, I beg you. Don't make me go through with it. I cannot. I gave her my word that you would do as she asked. There's just one more night ahead of you. And there's a handsome reward. Is there no way to make you understand? I wouldn't read another prayer for all the gold in the world. That's enough. Philosopher. You're wrong if you think you can trifle with me. That sort of foolishness is fit for the seminary. But I will not tolerate it. I'll order the gods to lash you, and they won't go easy on you. There's nothing so excruciating as the leather lash on raw flesh. I know that. Everyone knows there's nothing worse than a lashing. People say more than half a dozen are unbearable. However, what you don't know is how expert our men have become at it. As soon as they've warmed up a little, we give them a bottle or two of vodka and we let them begin again. You may go. Go back to your duties. If you fail to do them, you'll have a thousand lashes. And if you do them,
1: one thousand pieces of gold. He yeah. says he's going to get a thousand lashes. Well, Coma makes a mention that I've heard that even a uh, half dozen lashes can be like unbearable. So just imagine a thousand lashes. And that that whole scene was kind of chilling because it just it just shows you how violent that society was, or at least this guy but i'm just extrapolating it
2: it was it was uh, more than enough to convince coma brutus that he should go back for the third night now each night that he's in this temple or church or holy place he feels that he can protect himself by drawing a circle of faith around him and that that will prevent the evil spirits from entering into his space and that works for the first two nights. And on the third night, he does the same thing, but he he realizes that if he looks into the eyes of the worst of the ghosts or the devils, that his power will be gone and, and he'll be overrun. But but to go back, the special effects on each of those nights, I think, were really well done.
1: <laughs> it was so cool. It was, yeah. it
2: was uh, creepy. It was probably done with a very limited budget. And yet, it's very powerful in terms of of the evilness of yeah. uh, the 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 woman.
1: I got to give it up to the filmmakers because and the production design, because what what they did on what had to have been a pretty limited budget, like you said, was really cool. And there was that there was that effect <clears throat> when she was. It was after it was the end of the first night. The rooster crows. And then she like vibrates and shakes and gets this really weird look on her face and then like kind of like reverses back into her, into her coffin. And that was so creepy and well done. I, I really liked that part.
2: It was indeed. I have also give credit to the, to the producers and the directors because they had to walk a fine line between telling this story, getting it produced and getting it by the, the communist censor that were censors that were at play at the time. So they really had the focus on getting it done and making everybody uh, feel that they could accept this and approve it.
1: Everything you just said could also apply to the films in the United States during the the era of the film code.
2: That's true. That's true.
1: I know we like to say, well, you know, they had all this censorship and they had to go through all these hoops, but this exact same thing that filmmakers had to do in the United States at, at, at a certain period of time. So it's like not that different.
2: And how many films have we done from that period from the U.S. that a lot of time was spent on figuring out how to get around those?
1: And how to how to present it in a way that could still get the message across and pass the censors? And I feel like they really walk that line here, because on the one well, hand, I think that they're they're saying something about pre-Soviet Russia, but they're also, I think telling like a morality tale about this guy and and how awful he was and how it comes back to get him, you know, like retribution.
2: I I do want to uh, just add one thing to the, I think there is a difference in in the two between the USSR and the US in terms of this walking this fine line because the penalties for failure in the Soviet Union were substantially greater in terms of your own life. True, Because I remember reading about the main star, his mother had been, Swept up in the in one of the uh show trials that was done back in the thirties or forties and sent off to someplace in a gulag so
1: yeah i'm not I don't want to draw I don't want to draw a direct comparison. I think that it was it's not the same, I guess it's just that I think sometimes we forget that there was a lot of hurdles and a lot of censorship yeah. in the United States too. It's not like you were gonna necessarily go off to prison, but you might not ever work again. You might not ever be able to make a movie, you know. You might not ever be able to show your face in Hollywood if you got in with, you know, if you did the wrong thing.
2: So true, so true. Well, uh, the third night, I was going to. Should we talk about the third night a little bit more? Cause it, it, <laughs> yeah, it, the keep, third night. Each each night gets ratcheted up in terms of the of the uh, suspense and the drama and the use of special effects, and the uh, and the witches' constant efforts to get to Cronus. Uh, On the third night, she's had it. She calls out all the stops. Every conceivable ghost that ever existed shows up in that church. (laughs) I mean, they were coming out of the wall. Oh, the other thing, at the beginning of each night, one night a herd of cats goes through, another night a a flock of birds goes through. Uh, And then on the third night, the the ghosts are so scary, the cats run away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and even some of the ghosts are frightened by when the the main spirit of evil shows
1: up. V, yeah, V. Even yeah, when she says that she wants V to appear, you, the look on the face of the other demons was like, are you what? Seriously? no don't, don't, don't bring don't bring that that one in that one.
2: <laughs> the special effects though were really marvelously done in that third night yeah with, with the creatures coming out of the wall and the hands and
1: or or, Ooh. or that scene where the hands are huge they're like yeah. twenty feet tall and then it's the camera spinning around spinning around oh, and he's surrounded gosh. by these giant hands that was so cool looking
2: and now he realizes that v has shown up and v is this monstrously large job of the hut type character whose eyes are clo her eyes are covered and uh Cronus figures that if he if he looks at the ice he'll lose his power and all will be lost. So what happens naturally? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's so he's so weak. That's the thing. Like so he's weak. such yeah. a weak character, he can't help himself. He can't
2: resist it's almost like if you look at the eyes of the Gorgon, you'll turn into a pillar of sand or whatever that was from the Greek mythology.
1: Yeah. Or the
2: scenes from Sodom and Gomorrah where if you look back you turn into a statue of salt. Yeah. He looks back at this creature, which uh, is very well done. The only thing that struck me as low budget were his eyes.
1: Yeah, I thought the eyes could have been cooler.
2: The eyes were low budget for sure. They must have been down to their last hundred rubles. He said, well, I'll just use these. But uh, it works. Uh, he gives in. He can't resist. And then these people are all over him. Oh, and before that, the the witch has been attacking him right with the coffin, using it as a bludgeon. <laughs> yeah. it's like, there's no way he's going to escape that third night. Just not going to happen.
1: So I watched the Serbian uh, version from 1990. I kind of fast-forwarded through it because it was in Serbian, so I didn't understand what they were talking about. But um, at the end of the third night in that movie, though, he gets seduced by her, and they—you know it's implied that they have sex, and then he, the way that it ends up in the morning instead of in this movie where coma's laying on the floor in a circle and she's converted or changed back to kind of the old woman and is laying in the coffin in the in the 1990 version she's still looks young but she's laying on top of him in the coffin and it looks like they just had sex and then <laughs> and then those those two people come in I loved it when the two
2: Oh, the church figures
1: come. The in? church figures come in. They take one look, make the so- sign of the cross, and just run out of there. Like nope, run away. Yeah. We're not even going to go in there.
2: <laughs> man, oh man, oh man. And uh, so he's he's on the floor, and she's back to her old self, literally. And then they they take us back to the uh, monastery or the church in the town, and his two buddies that were with him when they started this adventure are painting. And they looked about as motivated as as uh nobody I mean they just were barely getting stuff done, yeah, and again the church leader comes by and asks them if they're doing anything productive and they say, "Oh yeah yeah you bet and uh it, it just it's it' just reinforces the uh the message that this place is is just not a good place
1: i I just I wondered though I had a couple questions about the ending so the she she turns back into the old woman like from the beginning and I just wondered why what's the significance of her turning back into the old woman if you had any thoughts about that
2: well I was thinking that she was getting ready to uh, meet her next victim
1: oh okay
2: so there'd be another person coming along maybe from the seminary or maybe just some farmer or traveler and she would she would uh, seduce him, like or try to seduce him, like she'd done with Brutus. Um, so she was kind of getting ready for that. And I and I'm convinced that then Brutus was added to the herd of men that were at that farm, <laughs> that all had the same kind of hair.
1: That kind of answers my second question. Then was so <laughs> at the at the very end, those two guys that were his friends are saying, "Well, nobody actually saw him dead. Like, are we sure that he's dead? He might not be dead."
2: Exactly.
1: Oh, so maybe he now is like part of this crew of folks that go out and, and bring other people back to the church. <laughs>
2: for for uh, for the witch. See, I think she had that whole group of men under her control. Wow, She may crazy. have even had the owner, rich, evil landowner under her control.
1: Well, wasn't that her father? Supposedly? Well, that's what they said,
2: but it may have also been... She was the master of him.
1: Wow, you're you're just putting I mean, a whole nother level onto this for me. I, lo- I love it. I love it.
2: <laughs> You'd think I'd been watching Russian films for a hundred years, <laughs> but it just seemed like she had so much control that she had set that whole that whole stage was set up for her.
1: Oh, okay. The evil yeah.
2: father, the man, the wagon, everything.
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the if that's the case. Maybe the other people didn't have as much knowledge of like how to protect themselves because coma did that circle but maybe the other folks just succumbed the first night you know and yeah and, she, and that's why she was so pissed because she's like wait a minute it's not supposed to be this hard right
2: yeah exactly i think that's it just adds to the the complexity of the plot which i've probably over It's like trying to overanalyze the movie High Noon. Maybe they just wanted to make a Western shootout. (laughs) No, let's see if we can make it so complex that no one will understand it. But uh, it was quite a movie. I've never seen a movie like that.
1: No, me either. I've seen things that reminded me of it. It reminds me of other things. It reminds me, like I said, of some Japanese anime. It reminds me of uh, some... Uh, Terry Gilliam movies. It, there's some real like over the top scenes that it's almost like I wish they had gone more over the top through the whole thing. because um, there's some yeah. parts that just kind of drag a little bit where they're just kind of hanging out at at the, at the village.
2: I just realized that I did misspeak. I watched Come and See, which was made in 19. That was in the 1970s. 80s, seven, I thought. Early 1980s. I thought, yeah. So it would have still been under the same. Uh, political setup as this was made and it it's a totally different film from this one it seems like it has more it had more latitude in predicting what was going on or projecting what was going on <clears throat> so I guess I have watched more than just this one but this was early on in the 60s before things had gone through so much change even within the Soviet Union yeah, yeah. so um, my rating on this I give it a 6 I think it's above the average but uh, I don't know, it just seemed a little heavy-handed. And uh, I may be influenced by my own biases on this one. Because parts of it are very well done, the special effects, uh, especially.
1: Yeah, I kind of struggled with a rating on this one. Because I, yeah, parts of it are kind of slow. And I think that, at the same time, I think it kind of adds to the slow build of the tension. Uh, it, And especially if I watch it with your take in mind i think it makes it even better that way Um, i was gonna give it a seven but actually i'm gonna give it an eight i i really enjoyed it i'm probably gonna watch it again just just it's just something about it is very intriguing to me it's
2: yeah well when you watch it again just my thought on it is every every person at that farm is under the control of the witch and maybe even the animals i don't know
1: It kind of explains another question I had which I thought was maybe a continuity error but maybe is not in this view of the film which is, remember, it was before the third night and he was offered a thousand coins or a thousand lashes and he kind of tells himself that, well, that's a thousand coins, that's ridiculous. Nobody has a thousand coins. And he's just going to run away. And so he decides to run away and he's running, 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 running. And then some amount of time passes so he's had time to get away and then it was almost like instantly those two guys appeared and Mm -hmm. stopped him and said yeah that what are you doing you can't run away like this you need to go back
2: for me that just feeds into my my
1: my suspicious mind about
2: the control the witch had. wow because she knew exactly where he was at all times she had the the epitome of the best gps in her head (laughs) (laughs) he was he was doomed from the beginning
1: He really was. Yeah, he really was. Like, she she chose him out of the three. Like, you're the one.
2: You're the most evil of the three.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm glad you
2: picked, I'm glad you selected the film because it's uh, really worth seeing and it's available, easy to access. Uh, And next podcast, we're doing First Spaceship on Venus, or also known as The Silent Star. Ooh, cool. From 1960 from East Germany. So that's... Uh...
1: It's a good timing, too, because I, I saw in the news that there's some speculation that life might exist on, in the atmosphere of Venus, and there's all this excitement about wanting to send a probe back to check it out. And I oh. thought, oh, good, we're well, going to be watching it. May... Yeah. <laughs> this, this may answer
2: all our questions from a film 60 years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, they already went. <laughs> in East <laughs> Germany, they just didn't know about it.
2: Who knew? Oh, well, well... Uh, interesting film to say the least
1: yeah so yeah that was our review of V um, Yeah, check it out and see what you think and see if you think that she's actually got everybody under her spell as Bob says I, I kind of like that idea coming to you from North Bend this is Matt
2: and here in Los Angeles it's Bob uh, wishing everybody happy movie watching
1: you know the fates were
3: unkind to poor Coma it was the will of God. Let's drink to him, may his soul rest in peace. Good idea. Coma was such a fine young man. The kind of man I admire. His life was wasted for nothing. I can tell you where he went wrong. Where? Because he was afraid, that's all. If he hadn't been afraid like that, the old witch couldn't have harmed a hair on his head. You see, what he should have done was spit on her tail and make the sign of the cross. Nothing would have happened to him. Ah. If anyone should know, I do. Sure, anyone from Kiev knows the women who run the stalls in the market are all witches. Hmm. He wouldn't be dead if he hadn't been afraid. There was no one there to prove he's dead. No, but... That's what everyone says. That's what everyone says. I say they imagined it. Stuff about how he died because of a witch. Yeah. After I've had a flask of vodka, even I begin to see witches. After all, just suppose he wasn't dead. Suppose that the one walking this way now was him. (laughs) Now that's a good one You are working, aren't you? Mm -hmm. We're working Good, keep on working (laughs)
2: Ha, <laughs> I should have fun writing the introduction for it. I'll, I'll have to figure out uh, just exactly what that will say. It's quite—it's just different than what we normally see. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a, yeah, a different, and it's been remade a couple times.
1: Yeah, there's the Serbian film that I found on YouTube. It's it it it's not in English, but you kind of. I just kind of fast-forwarded through it. It was pretty similar, but more violent, I would say. Um, And
2: and then there's one from 2014, I think.
1: Yeah, I put that one in my DVD queue for Netflix. It says it's a very long wait, so I don't know when I'll get it, but I wanted to check that out, too.
2: I can't find it on my notes right now, but...
1: Forbidden, Uh. it's called Forbidden... Um, Forbidden, it's called Forbidden Empire, and it's also a Russian film.
2: It's a Russian film? It's made after the uh, change in their structure, so maybe it's not quite as uh, propagandish.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'll find out.
2: Uh, it, it's in honor of Vladimir Putin.
1: <laughs> maybe. <laughs>